0: Oh, we, you know, I mean, we, we, we just we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, they're what we thought they were? Say that one more time, please. One more time. Bullseye! One more time. Bullseye! Bullseye! One more time. What up, prez and A It is time to bear down. Let's go. Chee. Slick Rick's to the building. Thanks for rocking with us, fam. Welcome to the Barry Centrals. On today's show, we recap the Bears' 29-27 loss against the Pittsburgh Steelers and those goddamn officials. Yeah, those damn officials, man. Mm-mm-mm. Well, I'm not into moral victories, as you know, as the audience know. We're down to 3-6 and six on the season. But I'm going to tell you this much, man. The Bears, they competed down the stretch in this game. Obviously, the NFL, you got to play a complete game if you want to win in this league. But I thought they played competitive down the stretch, my guy. Yeah, man, I was excited to see that, man. Down the stretch, they came, they bought it. But one thing, though, they're going to have to stop bringing Virginia McCaskill to these damn games. She is too old to be traveling and dealing with this stress and this pressure of these damn games. That's too much. This, this game was too much on my heart. Because <laughs> I'll tell you, man, when that game got late, it definitely was on my heart, too. At first glance, when this game first kicked off, I was kind of, like, looking around. I'm like, man, this is going to be another one of the typical Bears games, man, because that <laughs> offense... They weren't getting shit going, A-Dub, and the defense. <laughs> that shit was a little rough there, too, in that first half. And I'm telling you, audience, this is now the second game and I'm going to fucking go in on the officials. But these motherfuckers were bad. They were fucking brutal. Brutal, brutal, brutal. That fucking Tony Correnti, that motherfucker, he needs to be fined because I feel like he has some money on this damn game. It's, he was officiating like he took the Pittsburgh Steelers minus six and a half in this game, A-Dub. Yeah, man, you would think, man, that somebody riding with those guys, especially, you know, one of those officials. I'm like, man, you're doing a horrible job, and looks like you're working for those guys. That shit was brutal. But at the end of the day, the Bears did enough to beat themselves as well. So while the refs, that shit was inexcusable what they did, and they need to be accountable for that, we still got to be better. We still got to play a whole complete game. But public service announcement to the referees in the NFL. Let the players decide the goddamn outcome. Get out of the way. Keep your damn flag in your pocket, man. Stop it. Y'all ruining the damn game. You officials are ruining the fucking NFL. There's too many times where the referees stepped into that game, and they played a big part in the impact of the game. Especially in this one. We're we going to get into it later, audience. All right, So real quick. Our week nine predictions for this matchup. I had the Bears beating the Steelers 20-16. to 16. What did you have? Because I know you had the Bears win it, but what was your score prediction? My score prediction was 16 to 10. Bears would get the victory. Yeah, so we both were wrong there, but I am gonna tell you, A-Dub, we almost got them. And, I, and also, too, I bet the Bears plus six and a half on DraftKings. So I was pretty happy about that. I wish we'd have got that dub, bro, but we I got that covered <laughs> off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll take that victory right there, man. You got the cover. Yeah, a little, little, little small victory, a little small <laughs> <laughs> it kept It kept me from going like ape shit on this podcast tonight, so audience, y'all welcome. <laughs> All right, so let's recap our keys to victory that we talked about in the preview pod. So I'll go first, A-Dub. So my first key, I said we had to control the Pittsburgh's defensive line. And I think here, it was so-so because T.J. Watt did what T.J. Watt was going to do. He had three sacks. That dude is a fucking beast. Hayward caused that turnover in the first half. So I thought for the most part, that defensive line for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, man, they fucking imposed their will on us. Yeah, they definitely did, especially in that first half of the game, man. So they came to play. Pressure on Justin Fields was off. He was getting chased around a lot. So yeah, for that one, I think that uh, defensive line, they did what they needed to do. So that was a miss for me. And then my second key A-dub is, I said, we got to capitalize on Big Ben's miscues. But guess what? He didn't make any. Yeah, big, big Ben got that ball out quick, and what can you say? He's a veteran quarterback out there, <laughs> and he made veteran plays. That's what he did, man. When you don't get a lot of pressure on Big Ben early. You know, he can torch you, so he made some big plays. All right, so let's recap your keys to victory. So your first one, A-Dub, you said Bears have to limit the yards after the catch. How do you think we did there? I thought we did fairly well with that press. We didn't let those guys get the a lot of those short passes and turn them into big yards. so I thought we did good with that. I would say I, I'm kind of kind of so on it out, and, and I'll tell you why when we get deeper into okay. the episode. Because to your point, when you think about that Pittsburgh Steelers offense and you brought it up on the preview pod, that yards after catch is a big part of the success that they have on offense. I thought they had right. a lot of chunk plays in this game, but I thought there were some instances where they did get some yards after the catch and a couple instances that they really hurt us. But we'll get into that a little bit later. And then your second key, you said the Bears have to contain Pittsburgh's tight ends. Brother, brother, brother. <laughs> we did not do a good job in that area, man. Those oh. tight ends, you know, we know, we know about the free move. He kind of got off on us, man. Shit. That motherfucker, he was killing out there. <laughs> who's this guy? <laughs> shit Yeah, he was Dang. looking like the old, he was looking like the old Jimmy Graham out there. I was like, damn. <laughs> I was like, that's how our boy's supposed to be looking, but hey, he did his thing, man. I got to tip my head off to him, but, man, I-, I was hoping that we could slow him down. Nope. Did not happen tonight. All right, Aiden, Storylines. Heading into this matchup. So, audience, my first storyline that I want to talk to you guys about was one of the things that I was really focused in on heading into this game was, can Justin Fields continue his progression? Because I talked about it on last week's show. Right. I felt like his game against the 49ers, even though we lost. I thought that was a breakout game for him. He looked poised. He was confident. He was decisive. And he was attacking that 49ers defense, not only with just his throwing ability, but his legs. Right? So we talked about that already. In this matchup here, he was going against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I told y'all, that defensive line, that secondary, that's a really good defense over there in Pittsburgh. And I'll say this. Tonight's game, Justin Fields, he showed everybody why he's probably going to be the best quarterback to come out of this draft. This kid pretty much showed me a whole lot today. He took his game to the next level. So he took another step in his progression. So I can't do nothing but salute this kid. And as you said, going against a good defense at that. So I got to salute just the fields on that part. All right, A-Dub. So my next storyline was, how would a defense rebound following back-to-back just awful showings, right, defensively? The defense, I mean, that's always been the strength of this team. We've been able to really depend and rely on this defense. But 30 plus games back to back, the Niners, the Bucks. It's been kind of tough to watch the defense just, you know, kind of plummet the way that they have been. So today's game, no Khalil Mack, no right. Andy Jackson, no Alec Ogletree. And then also Hakeem Hicks. He spent a lot of time on the sideline as well. That's correct. So in this ball game today, how do you think the defense performed? I thought for me the defense performed okay. I mean First half, you know, they gave them enough points. Then the second half, they've done okay. So I got to get a defense, you know, some, some credit here. So they held their on a little bit in the second half. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm not going to sit here and say that it was bad like it was in that Niners game. Right, right. <laughs> but I would say, defense, I need y'all to step up. I need y'all to do a little bit more because yeah. you got your quarterback, man, that's stepping it up right now, and we can't be letting the kid down. The defense wasn't as bad as the last few weeks, but I thought today they made a step in the right direction. But it's not where we needed to be. The defense got to get better than what has been playing these past few weeks. So we got to get back to where we're being dominant, and we have not been dominant in quite a while. Shit, dominant shit. I'll settle for being competent, but I'm I, I like, <laughs> like shit because I remember the dominant defenses. That that, that felt like that was so long ago, man. Like I tell you, everybody, I make that joke all the time. Like. I had a hairline when the Bears defense was dominant back in 2018. <laughs> that shit right, go. Right, right. That shit going, go on, dug. Come on. Let's go, man. Let's go. And we showed some size early on in the season where we played, you know, solid, but now we're like at a point where we're not even doing that. So I think that's what the challenge is really for this team going forward. All right, man. My last storyline. David Montgomery returned to the ball game tonight. And I would just say this. I was starting to get used to Khalil Herbert, you know, being back there in that backfield. you remember what I said in the preview part? I was like, I was okay with Montgomery resting maybe one more week and getting him back there in that Ravens game. But guess what? Montgomery came back tonight. He looked fresh out there. He was making some good cuts and things like that. And he was running the ball very well. What did you think about Montgomery tonight? No, I thought he did good, man. I thought Montgomery came out there, he toughed it out Press. He showed us that, hey, you know, he is healthy. So he proved that point. He can take some hits. Um, he was actually trying to push the pile. So I, I like what I saw from Montgomery, man. I'm not worried about him. I think for me, it really was like seeing how to both of them play together, getting Khalil Herbert some opportunities with snaps, and then also letting Montgomery share their load as well. So I think that was the key for me. But Montgomery looked good to me. He did. Now, it'll be interesting to see how this thing continues on, how they'll continue to use both of them. Because you saw the Khalil Herbert, he didn't have that same rhythm in that part-time role like he was. Right. It seems like he might be one of those type of guys that he gets a rhythm as he gets more and more carries. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles having that backup role where he may only get five to eight carries in a ball game. Yeah, that's gonna be something you have to get back used to, you know, because you're right, he's been carrying the load the past few weeks. And then this, you know, this game here, he didn't get the opportunity to do so. So you're right. He's probably one of those guys that really gets stronger as the game goes along, right? Like you say, Fraser, more carries, he would do well with that. Exactly, exactly. All right, A-Dub, let's do our Week 9 NFC North breakdown before we get into this game. because audience, we got a lot to unpack on this episode, and we're going to go in. We're going to go in. So, real quick, though, the Green Bay Packers, they played the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday, and the Packers lost. They fell to 7-2. And I'm going to tell you one thing. the fucking Packers fans, they got a glimpse of what life after Aaron Rodgers is going to look like with that goddamn Jordan Love, because he is awful. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> so enjoy that shit, fucking Packers fan. I mean, all that shit y'all was talking about, our quarterback situation. Y'all don't realize how fortunate y'all was. Farvin and Aaron Rodgers. Y'all didn't deserve that shit. So guess what? Eat shit and enjoy Jordan Love. All right. So then Minnesota Vikings versus the Baltimore Ravens, a dub. This ball game, in this ball game, the Vikings lost 34 to 31, falling to three and five. And I thought for the Vikings. This was a missed opportunity for them because not only did the Packers lose, but, I mean, you, they could have been 4-4. and That was a really exciting game. You talked about that when we did our Winter Circle show, and we said, hey, there's going to be a lot of points in this game, and they was lighting up that scoreboard, bro. Yeah, they were, man. I was sitting back watching, like, I'm not sure who's going to win this game here, the way it's going, back. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Detroit Lions, they had a bye week, but the Detroit Lions every week's a bye week for their opponents, so it's all good. <laughs> Detroit, it's Detroit. (laughs) That's right. I always tell them. The Lions are the Lions. I can't wait till we play the Lions, because at least in that one, I'm like, all right, shit, we got a dub coming for show. Right. (laughs) Let's get our rhythm back, man, going against them. (laughs) Too bad we got to wait till fuck at Thanksgiving, but (laughs) I just can't wait. I can't wait. All right, audience. Now, I talked about it briefly. Now, I said that the officiating in this game was brutal. And I heard Nagy and his presser briefly, because A-Dub and I had to prepare for the show, so I didn't get to watch all of what he said. But it seemed like Nagy was to the point where he was kind of accepting of some of the calls, and he almost said, like, look, the NFL has made it clear how they're going to be officiating these games, and we can't give them any sort of reason to call these type of plays on us and call these type of penalties on us. But honestly, A-Dub, I kind of wanted Matt Nagy to go nuclear in that fucking press conference. I was like, you know what, dude? This would have been a night for you to say, fuck it. I'm going to get fined. I'm going to criticize the fuck out of this officiator because it was so fucking one-sided, bro. Yeah, I thought that would be a chance for me to do that, too, friends. Like, hey, look, stand up for your team. Fight for your team. Now, your players don't have to do it, but you as a coach, I think that's your job to do that. to show that love. We're trying to win ball games, you know? We're trying to win football games. We don't need the referees. Billing out other teams and causing us to play a, and play a big part of the game to where we end up losing a game like that. Yeah, because I was like, my whole thing was called both ways. Justin Fields was out there getting hit late. They were t- hitting him high. That Micah Fitzpatrick play where Fields was running to the sideline, that was helmet-to-helmet contact. They didn't call shit. Yeah, that now, was a tough one. If somebody hits Aaron Rodgers like that, somebody would have hit Big Ben like that. That, that flask getting through. So oh, let's easy. keep that same energy, officials. Give that kid the same respect that you give giving these other guys. If you want to protect the quarterback, then protect all fucking quarterbacks. That's it right there, Chris. Protect all quarterbacks. Don't just select a few of them that you want to protect. I think our kid deserves that type of protection, man. So give him his flowers while you're playing him man, and show him their respect as well. Listen, if I, I'll be quite honest here with this statement. The Bears can lose games all on their own. As, as, as I say a lot of times, we're not a very good football team. Now we got to go up against not only an opponent, but we also got to worry about the officials calling bullshit. Every time we made a play, I was like fucking stopping the cheer. I was waiting to cheer because I'm like, is there a flag on that play? Oh, okay, cool. I can <laughs> yeah, I was the same way, man. I was like, make sure this play is clean. Let's make sure it's clean before I start jumping out my seat and praising a good play. So I'm with you, Presby. That was on my mind all through the game. Yeah, I mean, dude, okay. That touchdown that went to Jimmy Graham, I was over here like, yes, finally targeting Jimmy Graham in the red zone like they should have been doing all season. But then that gets wiped out on that James Daniels. They say he went for a low block, and I'm like, how was that a low block when he never even made contact with the guy? I don't know what the fish you saw with that. They were anticipating a little block, but apparently <laughs> someone didn't see it, right? It wasn't one. So I see a flag and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Come on, man. Come on, officials. Can't do this to us. We're trying to win. Come on now. And let's just think about how that had major implications on this game, A-Dub, because in that situation, we had to settle for a field goal. Right. And we lost four points in the process. Four think points. We lost the game by two. Difference of the ball game, right there. Every point count in a game like this Here, When you're down, you're trying to come back and win a game, you know? Everything counts. And that kind of thing right there came back to bite us. It really pissed me off. And I kind of lost my shit on Twitter a little bit. You know me. I, I try to kind of stay off of Twitter a little bit because I'm like, man, I, I let my emotions get the best of me sometimes with these games. But I couldn't help it today, man. Some of that stuff I was seeing was just really fucking pissing me off, man. It just makes you wonder, like, when you watch games like this here, especially on Monday night, right? You screw up as an official on Monday night. Everybody's watching this game pretty much. So what you're doing is making it the game look bad when you call an officiating a game like that. Yep. Those announcers, they was keeping those officiating crew honest because they was calling that shit out. And I was happy to hear it because I was like, dude, this is what we're seeing. This is what the fan base was seeing. Bears Twitter was on fire tonight with them officials. I'm telling you, that officiating crew, like I said with that last officiating crew that I went after on this show, Y'all better fly straight home. (laughs) (laughs) Don't stop, go take your ass home. Cause that shit I did today, you did enough. Go to bed. (laughs) Go to bed, or (laughs) I'm out of here. Man, fuck all of y'all. Football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? Now you can when you bet on any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to win can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sport Contest. DraftKings has given all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars And total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and you win $200 in free bets if they win. You win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. This offer is only for new customers. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now back to the show. In this ball game, A-Doug, hey, you knew the Bears were in trouble when what? I knew they were in trouble when Grant fumbled that football. Oh, uh, that was tough. That was tough. He was, trying to, he was trying to make a play, man. He was trying to make a play. Yeah, he was. And it looked good for a second, Press. He looked like he was about to get ready and get some additional yards. And then mm, tripped up the fumble, you know, the hit. And I was like, oh, no, there goes the ball. That hurts. It sucks because, and we talk about this on the show all the time, you got to live with that with some of these punt returners and kickoff returners that take chances. You can tell them with the way Grant is. Grant came here to be explosive, to be aggressive, and he wants to return that ball. It ain't gonna be like Ted Ginn when he was here and that motherfucker <laughs> fair catched all the damn time. No, right. You got you got to take that with Grant when you got a guy like that. Sometimes he may fumble the ball. He had an issue with fumbling the ball when he was with Miami. So it kind of comes with the territory when you when you got a guy like that um, on your team. But Honestly, I love his aggressiveness and I don't want that shit to change. Exactly. I want him to think the same thing again. Press, that ball come to him again. Hey, think, run it. <laughs> think, run it. Don't change your attitude. I mean, that's who you are. Be who you are. Yeah. Be you. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Not the other guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For me, I knew they were in trouble a dub. <laughs> the first one was when they caught that fucking taunting call on Cassius Marsh. We're going to get into this real quick. So, first of all, this is what Matt Nagy was alluding to in his presser, saying, hey, you know how they're going to call these games. Don't give them the ability to make those calls on you. But you know what, Matthew? Fuck that. That was not no taunting call. That was the softest taunting call I've ever seen in my life. That guy played on that team. They cut him. He wanted to let them know what time it was. How many times do you see a guy do that on a normal play and that shit never gets called? He said nothing to the punter. He turned his back on him. and But that fucking referee, when Marsh was walking past, made sure that Marsh made contact with him. He actually bumped into Marsh and then throws his flag. Yeah. That was some yeah. bullshit. It was a BS, man. It was like he wanted to give a reason to throw the flag from the star press. He was looking for something, man. Any small thing, he was going to throw that flag. And that's what, like, happened to me. It's like it was intentional, really, from the uh, referee. And that's why I keep saying, man, about these damn officials. You guys, when you're making these kind of calls like that, you are putting the game into your hands, and you're taking the players out of the equation. Because in that situation, they dub we had them 4 for 15. So that fucking 20 call overturned that, and they get the damn ball back. First down. You know. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. You can't have that, man. You cannot have that. So I, I halfway understood what Nagy was saying, but the, also the part of me that's like a fan of this fucking team is fuck that. Don't call right. no a damn taunting call. Ref, keep that flag in your pocket. Let's keep this game moving. Here's what Nagy made me feel a little bad at. When Nagy go on to say, you know what? I got to look at it. You got to look at what? I mean, dude, I thought it was obvious for you to see what happened, but okay, you got to look at it. And then you mentioned to him, Nagy talking about this whole great area thing. Like, look, this falls in the great area. We gotta know they're gonna call it that kind of a thing. I'm like, Nagy, come on, man, come on, man. It's been too many plays today that've been questionable. Come on, man. I'm not just talking about one press I'm not just talking about one. We're talking about several. That's just one several. that President's highlighting. Yep, several. And guess what? I don't need to look at it. I already saw that shit, Matthew. <laughs> Why did exactly. you see it? Why did you see it? Right. That's the That's- point. So that's the thing. He should have been out there in that conference. He should have stood up for his players. Because in that moment, the players, they got that game taken away from them. I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to make no excuses here. When I say that, audience, I know you guys will be like, oh, man, you're making excuses for him." No. They got that game taken away from them. Because a lot of these calls were horseshit calls. And they really determined the Bears' fate tonight. Absolutely. Because I'll tell you one thing. In this game here, the way it was going, if we not had those penalties, that they would have won, you know, by kicking the field goal. I think it's going to take more for Pittsburgh to beat us in the field goal the way we were playing. Yeah, I mean, so it's it's just tough when you think about that. Now, audience, my true, I knew they were in trouble moment was when Vildor got beat by Johnson on that game winning field goal drive. Yeah. Now, <laughs> on that play, you got to think about what they did to us. They saw they had that matchup with Vildor over there on the, on the on the right side of the field and look at the route that Deontay Johnson ran. It was the perfect route. It was the perfect play design. They worked him open. Got 22 yards on that play, and the rest was history. And so when I looked at a play like that, I'm like, that's that quick catch and run that the Steelers have been doing that's been a big part of their offense. And so that's why earlier, a Doug, when you talked about, you thought that we did a really good job there. That's why I said, like, hey, no, I want to I dig in on this play right here. <laughs> yeah. That because, was a tough play. It was a tough play because, okay, what happens two plays after that? Didn't they get the 13-yard pass to your, your favorite tight end on the, on the Steelers? And then here we are with their game-winning field goal, Tim. They also called Quinn out there, right? Well, Quinn doing in coverage. Well, okay, his ass was in coverage because he couldn't line up the fucking right <laughs> way. <laughs> Facts. Facts, man. Facts. So that's probably why the side was like, "Well, shit. Let me let me put you in coverage where you can stop getting these goddamn penalties." Right, man. My God, Quinn should know better, man. He should know better, Prince. You a veteran, bro. You a veteran. I remember when they pants him on the damn field and he looking like all confused. I'm like, bro, are you high right now? What are you doing? I don't know what the hell was going on in his mind. So I said, "Come on, Quinn." <laughs> Come on, man. We're trying to win. We don't want to help the officials out. They already guessed us already. That's what it's perceived to be. That's <laughs> what we're seeing. And now you give them a reason to throw the flag again. Mm-hmm. So, A-Dub, I got to ask. you. So we look at this game, and I think offensively, I saw some more progression here. What did you specifically like about that game plan today? What I liked about the game plan today is that it seemed like the Bears learned from their mistakes. There were a couple plays that were called to where we like, okay, you're leaving Justin Fields hanging. And then Bill Lazer and co fixed it really quickly and said, hey, look, we're going to go back to putting this guy in good position to be effective. And I like the fact that, you know, in the second half, we were able to get Fields some protection to so where we he was able to make some big passes down the field. Yeah, hey, that's a, a great point because, yeah, you can see that there were some adjustments that were being made. I really like that because. I'm always critical of the fact that I don't think that we make a, enough adjustments on offense. Right. That was good to see. Another area that I really liked was Cole Commit's involvement. You yes. That they saw something in that defense, and they were like, oh, man, we're going over the top on these motherfuckers down that seam. And it was there. And uh, even though Cole Commit paid the price on a couple of those plays, he was running that middle. And also, too, now, let's just talk about it. Justin Fields, he had himself a game. Now, we talked about it briefly earlier, but you have to think about what this kid had to overcome in that first half. The pass protection was breaking down. Players around him weren't fucking doing what they needed to do. Players weren't lined up correctly. People were out of position. Penalties. Penalties, right? right? So he battled through all that. That's the stuff with Justin Fields that makes you really excited about this kid's future because he was able to succeed despite all the things around him not being perfect. Absolutely, Perez. You know one thing I liked about him as well, Perez, when he did that hard count, I was like, whoa, we did the last yeah. game, but it's like, hey, this kid is showing that he put it all together. You know what I'm saying, Perez? He was putting it together to tell the players where to go. Even though we call a timeout on that play, it was good to see Justin Fields making people go where they need to be going. Now, audience, I want you guys to just think about what, what A-Dub said there. Justin Fields drew the Pittsburgh Steelers' experienced veteran defense offsides on the key fourth down there. That's a veteran move right there. Yes, sir. That's something right there that's very important. And I'm glad that you brought that up because that was a hell of a point because that was something that really impressed me when he got them with that hard count. I'm like, well, yes, sir. That's my rookie quarterback getting these guys to jump offsides. Yeah, man, I was excited too, Chris. I was like, wow, we're actually seeing the growth. That's what we're witnessing, the growth some of the other things that I thought was really, really cool, or one of the other things that I thought was really cool in this matchup is Larry Borum. Now, wait, this is a rookie, fifth-round draft pick that pretty much missed the majority of the season early on with that ankle injury. And what did I say last week? He's coming off of another tough matchup. Last week was this <laughs> week He's got to face TJ Watt. Right. And I thought that Borum was really solid in this ball game, man. He only gave up one pressure against him. And T.J. Watt, while he had three sacks, a lot of that wasn't just because, it wasn't directly because of Larry Borm. I thought Larry Borm, when he lined up on, on T.J. Watt directly, Larry Borm, he got the job done. Yeah, man. I was excited for him, Press. I was like, this kid is working, man. He's working. He's competing, you know? And um, you can't never enjoy that. Send a young guy, man, go against some of these great <laughs> the defensive ends, these pass rushers, and doing a fantastic job. And I'm telling you, man, this kid, he's got a bright future ahead of him because he's still wrong. He's still learning the game. Yep. And imagine how this offensive line is going to look when Tevin Jenkins comes back, more than likely probably next season. You got two guys there, two young guys there at the tackle position that should be some cornerstone pieces. We don't really know what we have in Tevin Jenkins yet, but if what we saw in him on him in tape from college is the guy that we see in the pros, I think we're going to be okay at the tackle position. Oh, yeah, Perez. Man, don't get me excited right now, man, because you're, you're getting my hopes up high here just thinking about the future yeah. and what they could do, man, what they could do together. Hey, hey dub drink with me a little bit. Just drink with me. Check it <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but no, he's still in the draft. And in this draft, this is going to be our second steal because we've talked about it before with Khalil Herbert being one of the steals. That's a six-round draft pick that's coming in here and getting some run with the starters. Now you look at Larry Borum as a fifth-round draft pick doing the same fucking thing. So, man, not a bad draft by Ryan Pace, man. This is what you always say about him, Perez. He gets the good ones. He get it right in the later rounds. Doesn't get it right in the early rounds. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I hope that that second-round draft pick this year, I hope. Seven, please, come on. This, I hope you're ready, man. When the time comes and your number's called, brother, please be ready. Please be Be ready. ready. Be ready. All right, A-Dub, so on the flip side of this thing, I feel like we're going to have a lot to unpack here. What did you like about the game plan on offense? What I didn't like about the game plan on offense, Fred, I thought we started the ball off just trying to run the football and really trying to establish a run that wasn't quite working right away, you know? But I thought we were trying to too hard to press it, right? You know how it goes. If they know what you're doing. You know, you're being too predictable. So I thought that hurts a little bit. Then I also thought the penalties that you mentioned earlier, I thought that was a big factor in the game too early on, that, hey, those penalties add up and they just stop your run and what you're trying to do well. Yeah, that is a fair point. I think the biggest thing, and this is, is going to go back to T.J. for a second, in what universe... This Matt Nagy, Bill Lazor, whoever the fuck, dialed up that play where T.J. Watt went unblocked and he sacked Justin Fields. In what universe do you not account for a guy that's probably going to be the defensive player of the year? In what universe? So that was the first thing that I didn't like. That just shows you that the guy isn't looking at the film, as he's always talking about, we got to look at it. Well, where was that fucking work there? when you didn't even acknowledge one of the best players on that fucking side of the field, no one puts a hand on him? No one? Come Chris, on. that was a naked bootleg to where our boy Justin Fields roll right. Why are you going to go right? That's the wrong direction you've been sending, in. Right there, where wide is that? That's a hit all day long, man. Cannot do that, Bill Lazor. You guys got to be very careful with that. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. Me. The other thing, too, is one thing that i noticed they dug. That Steelers pass rush, it was coming in. It was coming in hot. They saw Justin Fields there, and they were like, oh, man, we're going to try to tee off on this kid. And they were getting some shots on him. Right. Why doesn't the Bears' offensive geniuses, why don't they ever call any fucking screen passes? Other teams do it against us. Why don't we do it? That is the best way to keep that aggressiveness from a defensive way. You start throwing them screen passes, and them damn defensive ends and them edge rushes, they ain't going to be so quick. <laughs> so hot like that right that's one of the biggest counters right there it's the screen pass that should always be the playbook press. too much pressure coming in except the screen <laughs> yeah but see i don't know like i said man all that collaboration and they ain't coming up with nothing man Like i'm like jeez stop talking about it and do it man shit like what Just are y'all do doing it. yeah what are y'all doing don't tell me about i gotta look at the film actually do this shit and fucking draw some schemes and design, play designs that actually work. Like, what the fuck, man? I'm I'm just sick of, I'm just sick of the excuses, man. I'm sick of the excuses. I'm tired of Justin Fields being put in these awful situations. I just can only imagine what Justin Fields will look like in a competent offense and a competent scheme. If he was in one of those for so he'd be far along to where he's at right now. But, you know, it's unfortunate that we have these kind of things still happening in the game. And we, what, how many games in now? you know how many games we in now. Shit, we three and six (laughs) (laughs) But to to the point that you were making, one other point that I have is another thing that really pissed me off, A-Dub, with this game was in that first half, all right, we had to burn a timeout because there was some miscommunication. Goodwin wasn't lined up where he needed to be. Justin was trying to direct him. They have to burn a timeout. Why the fuck Then after a timeout, we get called for an illegal formation penalty. That should not happen, especially out of a timeout. So for me, when I see shit like that continue to happen, it just makes me wonder, what is this coaching staff doing with these guys because they don't look prepared? That's what I was saying to you earlier. We got to play a complete game. We are not that good that we can afford to play one half of a football game. We Correct. cannot do that. No, I'm totally with you, brother, right there. When you say, hey, you know, for preparation, that is the key. And sometimes I do wonder, press. how well prepared we are. You're right, especially on offense, man. So I did exactly what you're saying there. And sometimes in the game, it looked like we're not prepared. And this is a few cases you just mentioned already that looked like that. And then Sam Mustapha, legal man downfield penalty. <laughs> that one was brutal. So it was just a lot of just little things that was just bother me. Because in that situation there, A-Dub, we was down on the 25-yard line. So that was a prime opportunity to score. That penalty backed us up to the forty, and guess what? Ended up doing we ended up punting the fucking ball instead of having an opportunity to score. So this things like that—that's the difference between winning and losing. That is it right there. Those small details, those plays like that, become huge, impactful plays. To so where, like you just mentioned, friends, we can't get a field goal. Now we had a field goal range. Yeah, I man, it's just—it it's, it's, pisses me off. The penalties on offense—that pissed me off. Third down, we were really inefficient there today, only 4 of 12. So we just got to find a better way to start these ball games. Because think about it in this game. We started out in the hole. We were down 14-0. Absolutely, Perez. Those, those early deficits, man, those are tough to come by, man, especially sometimes when our offense is slow to kind of get things clicking. And what our offense did, Perez, it was allow Pittsburgh to get in good field positioning, Perez. They don't have to go that far down the field to score. So that hurts right there. Our offense pretty much put a lot of pressure on our defense. Now that you brought it up, defensively, what did you like there before we get into what we didn't like? <laughs> what I like about our defense is that uh, they rose to the occasion in the second half. I'll give them credit. They start to the fight a little bit, you know, especially in that third or fourth quarter early on. Before it got late, they really put a well, good show on. They got some stops. I mean, I like the fact that we started you know, uh, put apply more pressure on Big Ben. So I pretty much like that part of the game, praise, and we started doing that. No, that was fair. Um, For me, it was the gang tackling on Najee Harris. That was somebody that we going into this matchup was, hey, this guy's a load. He's a top running back here. They depend on him. They give him the ball a lot. And he's the type of guy, you can't arm tackle him. He's a big dude. He's like 240 pounds. He's athletic and got speed. So I thought they did a great job of gang tackling him. They made some really nice stops on him on third and short, fourth and short. So I was really happy there. Also, I thought that defensive line in this ball game today, at times, they were blowing that offensive line for the Pittsburgh Steelers back off the ball. Eddie Goldman looks like he had knocked off that rust. He Ooh. was making plays. Tonga was making plays. Blackson was making plays. That D-line, they were making me very happy. I was sitting there smiling. I was like, I can't <laughs> take the tape on this one. They were doing this without Hicks. A lot of excitement there for me. I'm like, whoa, Eddie Goldman stepped this game up. You're right. You know, Nichols stepped this game. It's like you just started seeing so many guys on defensive end start stepping up. Yeah, so that part, I was very happy with the defense as far as when it came to that defensive line. Right. Now, I'm going to cheat here, and I'm going to throw special teams in here just for a quick second, because I want to give them some fucking credit, because not only did they create a turnover at the right time, but they scored. They put points on the board for us. And what do we always say? We gotta create turnovers. We gotta score, whether it's the defense or special teams, because generally when those two things happen, we get back in the ball game. And that was a momentum shift when Iggy forced that fumble. And my boy DAC picked that shit up and ran next to <laughs> And he's always in the right place at the right time, ladies and gentlemen. He sure was, friends. Seeing him pick that ball up, not looking around, picked it up and ran straight to the end zone. Didn't look for a flag anything else. Didn't stop, Perez. Just pick that ball up and went in there. So for me, I'm like, hey, like you said, been at the right place at the right time and executing with it, you know, making the best of that moment. Now we got to go to the flip side, audience. We got to. Adub, what didn't you like about the game plan, my bro? Man, <laughs> what I didn't like, Perez, about the game plan was that Early on, we kind of gave up too many big plays. Our secondary hurt a little bit. We weren't mm-hmm. getting pressure on Big Ben early on at first. So I think for me, it's like seeing all that happen, giving Big Ben the opportunity to throw the football. Then we also gave up some good running plays to those guys as well. That hurt us, man. And we start off letting them punch us right in the mouth with the passing plays. Well, I mean, there was the big trunk play that Claypool had on Vildor. Right. You know, and now, and now he continues to give up some big plays. Well, I think that he had his moments there where he made some nice pass breakups. But for the thing that. We're focusing on here. I thought he gave up a couple big plays in this ballgame, so that's a fair point. I thought the defense let down Justin today because when the kid went down there and and, and got you that touchdown to take the lead, you got to hold that fucking lead now for your offense. You can't let Big Ben or whoever the fuck it is drive it down on you. And that's when I looked at Sean Desai and I said, hey, coach, what's up with your scheme? What's up with your defense? You can't allow that shit to happen. That play that Deontay Johnson made on Vildor, you can't have that happen. The yeah. play that A-Dub talked about when Quinn is back there in coverage, you can't have that happen. Why is he dropping back in coverage? Can't have that happen. So some of that stuff, that's on us. The penalties. On us. They had seven penalties on, on defense today, A-Dub. And, excuse Ouch. Me. and some like, of them were very obvious. Yeah. Now, I I already said it. The refs, they, were, they was also bullshit. They were trash as fuck. But at the end right. of the day, those penalties still went on our defense. We got to do a better job. We got to clean that stuff up. You're right, Fres. We got to clean that stuff up for sure, man, those penalties. But I do want to piggyback on one thing you did share about the fact that we let Justin down. Idealist still, you know, on the post-game press of Roquan Smith, that dude was upset, press. And he pretty much said what you just said. We let Justin Fields down. We let the offense down. Oh, wow, really yeah, did. I didn't even hear it. That's, that's so, so, Roquan was pissed, huh? Yes, he was, Chris. He was, man. He didn't even make excuses for the penalties as far as the referees, you know, treating us foul. He didn't go that route, though. He pretty much said, look, we had the lead. It's our fault. We didn't hold up. We're talking about a minute and 45 seconds here. We didn't hold up. That's a leader, and that's what you want to hear. You don't want to hear excuses, so shout out to Roquan on him for, for that. Another area with the defense, A-Dub, is the pass rush. Outside of that sack that, that uh, Robert Quinn had, and the one that Cassius Marsh had. I didn't think they got a lot of pressure on Big Ben. And, audience, one of the plays that I want you guys to think about is in the first half of that game, on that touchdown throw to Freeman. Now, you think about it. The Bears' defense matched up well against them in the red zone in that situation. But right. Big Ben had all the time in the world to stay in the pocket. The damn Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line built a wall around him. And then Freeman worked his way open Easy touchdown. You can't expect for your secondary and your coverage team to be able to stick with receivers. Eventually, somebody's going to work themselves over. Right, right, and that's what happened. I believe that was on DeAndre Houston Carson. But you're right. You can't give Big Ben that much time, press You're definitely right about that. No, man, no. And um, like I said, our defense today down Mac, down Eddie Jackson, down Overtree, and then we even, you know, like you said earlier, H- Hakeem Hicks was out. So while We had every reason to have that as also as an excuse of, oh man, our defense was missing some of our key guys, but at the same time, Hey, next man up. And I don't think that that was necessarily the reason why the defense looked as bad as it did today was because of those guys. I mean, I, I do feel like we did miss Khalil Mack. We did miss Andy Jackson, but at the same time, we still had a chance to win this ball game. Right. You hit it around right on the head, Perez. It was some, some uh, self-deflicting issues that we had on ourselves, right? We did it to ourselves. We hurt ourselves. You know, we weren't in the right position at times, you know, on some of those plays. I think you hit on Vildor on one of the plays that gave a nice play um, to uh, Play Pool. It's like, that's on us. Then you talk about Robert Quinn. You talked about early earlier, about him. You know, these neutral zone infractions or offsides. you know. he can't do these things. No fucking way you can't. And so a second ago, I talked about the fact that I liked how we bottled up Najee Harris. Because we limited him. He was pretty good. However, right. the thing that the Pittsburgh Steelers did in this game audience, and this is a reason why I think our defense didn't look as well, didn't look as good as I thought they could have looked in this matchup, is they took advantage of the fact that Khalil Mack was out, that Andy Jackson was out. Think about all those jet sweeps and shit like that that they were running. They were trying to get out there on the edge. They were trying to get out there in the open. They saw something there on tape where they said, you know what? We can exploit this because these athletes now are not going to be out there on the field. So right. that was something in this game that I saw that Pittsburgh was really trying to make a really huge effort to trying to take advantage of us out there on the perimeter. Yeah, you're right, Chris. I think they did, man. They kind of knew our personnel, who we had out there on the field. And you're right. They wanted to take full advantage of, that, of, of the opportunity. Yeah, they did. And they did. The audience, we're going to still give out some game balls because that's what we do here on DBE. Hey, do. I was getting your game ball on offense, bro? On the offense, friends, who's getting my game ball? It's Money Moon! Yes, sir. I was waiting. I was waiting. Money Moon! The bank was open, baby. You saw that play, Briz, when my man Justin Fields rolled out left, made that pass to where only Money Moon, Money Moon could get that catch. You saw that, Briz. Then you saw, man, you know, that run they were playing Money Moon got in for a touchdown. Man, it was awesome to see, man. Good to see our wide receivers involved in the game. It was great. Well, first of all, on that throw, that was a hell of a throw by Justin. But also, shout out to your boy Money Moon because he got the feet down. I saw him over there with that that toe drop swag. I was like, okay, I see you, Money Moon. I see you, Money Moon. Looking good. Looking real good. But also, the jet sweep that they went to him. And I, I thought that that was a great play. And honestly, that was one of those plays where I'm like, Laser Nagy, whoever caught that shit, that was the perfect play at the perfect time. Tries I really like that, and I got to get him props on that. That was a really good play design. That was downtown we're doing something like that for us. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right, man, my game ball's going out to Justin Fields, QB1 in his motherfucking house. So when it's all said and done, we can talk about it right now. I could be all upset about the officiating, but once all that emotion gets out of me and I start to, like, dig back to the game when I start to watch the film this week, I'm gonna think about the performance of number one, and this is gonna be something I'm gonna really be thinking about. I'm smiling just talking about him right now, man, because this kid is special, man. He's a special talent. That throw to Money Moon was a special fucking throw. You never it was. heard me. You never heard me talk about throws like that last year, last season, and there's no shot at anybody like that. But this kid, number one, I am telling you here, guys, we got ourselves our franchise quarterback. And we still haven't seen the best of this kid, and the best is yet to come, a The best is yet to come, like you said, Chris. This kid is growing every day, man. And like you said, those amazing plays that you seen him do, man, it just lets me know that, hey, we got more of that coming, Chris. I mean, he did this on Monday Night Football, man. And you talked about it earlier. I was working out. You sending me the pitch. You like, man, look at Justin Fields showing up to the game with the swag. He's like, he like <laughs> boy, clean out there. And I say, shit, that motherfucker knows Monday Night Football. He's like, all eyes on me. Let's go. You know what so i Got the chain on press. Looking fly, man. I said, yeah, he clean. This brother is clean. <laughs> so this is like the biggest stage of his career so far. And I think that he took advantage. And he rose to the occasion. Hey, Doug, think about it. I talked about it earlier. We was trailing 26-20 in the fourth quarter. He marched him down the field 75 yards, bro, with ease. Yes, it was amazing, bro. It was amazing. He looked great in that second half. Looked absolutely great. And the key factor, you know, with that press, he was so poised. Nothing got to him, man. It's like, no. hey, this kid just, hey, I'm going out playing football. Like you said, press, Monday night. I'm going to get being in Pittsburgh. It's time for me to step my game up. I'm going to show these guys. And he played his butt off, man. He really did. He like he said, "Prest," the best word he used. He rolls to the occasion, bro. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. We love you, Justin. We love you. All right, who's getting your game ball on defense? My game ball on defense. It was a tough one for me, though, Prince. and I got many reasons why. But I went up going with Roquan Smith, man. Okay. I, okay. I like what Roquan was doing. He was good but also having to stop him to run. Did a good job there. I like that big kid he took on Big Ben. I was like, yeah, I love that too. So it was just, I mean, seeing Roquan, man, all pro type of guy, Press like you always talk about, the guy was all over the field, man, and he held his own ground for sure. Played a heck of a game. And a up to one point there on Roquan. He had that big sack, and he was in the middle of any key defensive stop that was made on Harris in that running game. He was physical throughout that ball game, brother. Yes, he was. So, no, that's that's a great game by recipient. I got to give mine to um, Eddie Goldman. Now, this man, he took a lot of shit from Bears fans. People were calling him out saying he don't want to play and this and that. And they don't realize that the man sat out for a whole season and he had to work his way back into things. But I'm telling you, this was the best that I've seen Eddie Goldman play here in 2021 A-Dub. It was very exciting to see him pushing that damn pocket back in a run game. He was a fucking menace. Press, you mentioned Eddie Goldman. That was my second choice, Pres. No doubt, Eddie Goldman made an impact. Press. you talking about coming to the middle getting a push? Eddie Goldman was getting a push, like you said, on some of those key stops. I'm like, man, glad to see Eddie Goldman back, man. Glad to see him playing his game. So I just can't wait to see him and Hicks together, man. Where Hicks fully, well, you know, healthy, they can really, you know, do their thing together. But man, Eddie Goldman had a good game. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And and Bears fans, what did you, what did I tell you guys? Earlier in this season, I said, be patient. Let this guy work off the rust. Eddie Goldman just heating up. We're going to be good. We're going to be good. Yep. I'm with you there. All right, A-Dub, who's your bear down, your underperformer for Week 9? My underperformer for Week 9, this is not a shocker to you, friends. You're probably going to say the same thing. Is Vildor. Vildor did not have a good game, in my opinion, man. Gave up too much, you know, in, in coverage. And uh, for me, I thought they picked it on a little bit and they got away with some things, you know, by going against him and attacking him. Yeah, so he definitely gave them some chunk plays. But I thought there were a couple moments there where he had some good pass breakups, but I would say they weren't enough plays to outweigh the big plays that he gave up, right? Right, right, exactly. It was those critical plays for us that really hurt him, I would say. My bear down to performer for week nine is actually Robert Quinn. Now, <laughs> even though he had that sack in the first half and I was excited for him, he canceled that shit out with those two offside penalties, man. That shit was inexcusable. The first one was inexcusable. did you do it a second time, bro? <laughs> that's, that's a rookie mistake bullshit territory. No, you spot on with that, man. I totally agree with you, friends. I can't argue with that at all, man. Like I told you before, Robert Quinn should know better, man, making all that money. You should know better by making those kind of mistakes. I may be taking my apology back soon, man, if that shit continues So I'm sorry, man. This was awful. I, I did not like that shit at all. I did not like that. Hopefully, he has some time over that bye week to think about that shit and learn how to fucking line up correctly, because that was some bullshit. Seriously, it was, man. And to the fact that you mentioned that, where he had to end up getting in coverage that we you know, we talked about earlier. Like, come on, man. Look, if you do your job, like Bray said, we ain't got to worry about you being in coverage. Amen, <laughs> man, man. I don't know. But I will say this, A-Dub, this upcoming bye week is coming at the right time because they need to regroup, man. Yeah. We lost four straight. But as I mentioned earlier, audience, the most encouraging thing, and the thing that has me at least smiling, because if it weren't for him, I'd have probably went ape shit on this podcast tonight. Justin Fields is the one that's keeping me, and he's keeping me sane, he's keeping a smile on my face and keeping me with the happy vibes because he's getting better each and every week, A-Dub. Exactly. And the fact that he's having the bye week prayers to work with the offense a little bit more, I think that's going to help for sure. The fact that seeing his offense continue to progress in the right direction. Next up on the calendar after the bye week is the Baltimore Ravens. They will be coming into Soldier Field on November 21st. I will be in the building for that game. Lamar Jackson and Cole will be in the building, A. Dub. Woo wee. Lamar versus Justin Fields. Nice. Yeah, that's going to be a nice little matchup there. We'll see what happens. And, audience, don't you worry. We're going to break down that matchup, and we're going to have a lot to say about it. And just keep this in mind. The last time these two teams played back in 2017, we won. So we'll see what happens. I hope we get the win, friends. All right, A-Dub. Uh, before we get out of here, audience, y'all know what time it is. Got trivia in the build. So in tonight's game, The Bears had 115 penalty yards, which is the highest number that they've had in the last three seasons. So the question for you guys, how many penalty yards did the Bears lose in their second most penalized game in 2019? So I repeat the question. How many penalty yards did the Bears lose in their second most penalized game in 2019? Bonus point also would be if you could tell us which team they played in that game. So audience, Good luck to see you guys with trivia, And we're going to talk to y'all on Thursday. And we are out. Thanks for listening to the Barry Stinches Podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. We appreciate your continued support of our show. Bears Nation, come down with us.